This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. Our guests on Bent Notes are a joy to have here in studio and have a never-ending story to tell from their many years performing, teaching and cultivating jazz music, both together and separately. They set the measure for gender diversity when in 1992 they formed a five-piece all-female jazz group called Morgana. After performing for 10 years, they took a break to further their individual careers. But last year, on the 30th anniversary of their founding, they reformed and took to the stage again. The good news is that they enjoyed it so much that they're going to do it all over again. And it's something to be looked forward to. It's my pleasure to bid a very warm Bent Notes welcome to saxophonist Fiona Burnett and drummer Sonia Horbelt. Thank you, David. Thanks, David. Thanks for having us. It's lovely to have you back in studio. An all-female jazz group 30 years ago, it sounds like something potentially unlikely for those times. What was your sense of the place of female jazz musicians in the industry at that time? There wasn't very many women playing jazz. There was always Sandy Evans, been a trailblazing force on the scene for many, many years. And there's others, definitely. And I think there's always been women playing but they haven't always been documented. They haven't gone down in history in the same way that non-women jazz musicians have been documented. For me, forming Morgana wasn't so much about... It wasn't at the time so much about it being a statement. It was about addressing the gender balance. I thought, all these guys could play together, so why can't we play together? That was really the premise behind it. Have you seen a change in the industry since then in terms of the inclusion of diversity in our performing and our working musical groups? And if so, what do you think have been the drivers of that change? Yeah, there's definitely change and there's positive change, but I think it is slow. I think there's a lot more awareness around gender diversity in jazz, but I think that's come you know, with a lot of efforts from a lot of people and it's been a long time coming. There's also a lot of change that could still happen to address equity in jazz for women and female identifying people who want to be a part of the scene to play this incredible music. Sonia's got a lot to offer in that area, um, specifically with the work that she's doing. Yeah. I think, you know, back then it was very much about opportunity and also role modelling. There just weren't any there. And when you have one in 40 musicians that are female, the chances of other females going, I, I want to do that, is, is pretty low. And, and also stems down to, I think, more of a secondary school kind of vibe where girls naturally shy away from that. That's not all, you know, students, but there's a definite difference in the way both genders relate at school. And the next stepping stone is a tertiary level. So that then feeds... Our industry and and I think the pathways are a lot stronger for female students and you know other diverse musicians to make their way to a tertiary avenue and then explore what's beyond that as a career and and I think that is one of the things that's particularly 
changed in probably in the last even, I don't know, what do you reckon, five years or something, yeah. that has been a significant, I think across all industries in Australia, there's been a significant change in the level of diversity and regulations that address that specifically too. That's a bit slower and harder to address in the arts where a lot of choices are individual and about who you artistically are compatible with. But if you just play with one particular gender at uni, then the chances are that that's who you're going to book. And so as soon as the playing field becomes much more level on sort of those in those particular institutions, then there's a diverse range to choose from. And then the diversity is reflected in the choice that you make. So but certainly I know, you know, speaking to Sandy over the last couple of years, she was saying that she still can't believe that it's just still so uneven where we are now. She thought that when she was playing in 10 part invention 20, 30 years ago, that by now things would be completely different. And, and I think jazz still lags behind the other music genres. I think pop is much more diverse and, you know, even in orchestras to a degree. But jazz is kind of that one that doesn't, is, yeah, not quite there yet. Because there's not the role models for the, the younger women to see and say, that's where I want to go. Yeah, I, I think also, I think that the tertiary thing is a really big factor in that. I think a lot of jazz musicians, jazz is a very intricate complex difficult genre to study and master you know it requires an incredible amount of skill I think respectfully to pop musicians you don't have to come from a a tertiary background to move into pop necessarily that's not to say that there are not the challenges in in that field either but I think you need to be an incredibly highly trained musician who works constantly on their craft and practices and all of those things to to work in jazz and that's why you also see jazz musicians play everywhere else they play in the music pit they play for pop artists they do studio session work they'll play in jingles they'll play with the mso when there's a pop artist playing with the mso or whatever but so they're the most diverse in comedy i work a lot in comedy and everybody's a jazz musician in there just about I think that's reflective of the nature of the skill level as well, and I think a lot of people don't quite get that outside the industry. Did you see Morgana as a catalyst that started the process or kicked the process along a little bit? I guess in some sense, definitely. I think the thing with Morgana is what I really tried to always shy away from was tokenism with the group. It was always about the music first, and it still is, and it wasn't so much about us being girls or women playing improvised music the music always came first and the fact that we were all women was a bonus so in terms of paving the way for other women there were certainly other women on the scene at the time who may not have got the same attention that we did because it was kind of this force to be reckoned with when you saw the five girls up on stage absolutely going for it I mean people were gobsmacked I remember being on stage at Montsalvat Jazz Festival the sound of the audience being deafening in the Great Hall, it was packed and there was people trying to get in the, the room. And I think the unfortunate thing is that when you're a female musician is that people often hear you differently. They don't listen with the same ears. They have expectations. It's like having to prove yourself. You have to be better. You have to be as good, if not better, but you're still heard differently. 
I'm assuming that in some senses that happens still to this day. However, for some other musicians, it's never an issue. You're just accepted as an equal. And that's fantastic. And you want that to be the way all the time. But there are certain barriers to opportunities that unfortunately manifested for us at the time and that women are still having to face in this day and age. Which is so sad. Yeah, it's kind of confounding. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do we need to do to move those barriers out of the way? I think a lot of that is happening, but I, I, I also think that a lot of that sits with men. And I think that more pointedly, men are thinking about the choices that they make. I mean, again, artistically, things are difficult because you want to express your music, particularly with original jazz, you want to express your music in a way that reflects your own choices and likes and, you know, that often dictates who who you choose. But having said that, we all come from an industry where, you know, we have, there are gigs that are just slog gigs where you learn your craft. And uh, I think there particularly is, is an area where more women can be, booked and not just yeah I, I i think it's it's a complex issue but the more women get experience and network and then people go oh why don't we get so and so or you know why don't we get she was great on the gig or you know but if if there's not that opportunity as fiona said before if the opportunity is not there then um you know that's tricky we've got a little bit of music happening i think does it sound familiar it does. <laughs> it does. This is a piece called Toss and Call from your 1996 album Talk, Walk, Whisper, uh, composed by vocalist Lisa Young. It's beautiful. Let's have a listen. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy 94.9. Jesse throws the You're listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Find more podcasts and show blogs at joy.org.au. On Joy 94.9, you are listening to Bent Notes, where our guests are leader and soprano saxophonist Fiona Burnett and drummer Sonia Horbelt from Morgana. Ten busy years of Morgana from 1992, followed by a break where you all had the opportunity to concentrate on your individual careers and then an opportunity to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the founding of the group last year with an exceptional gig at uh, Chapel Off Chapel for the Melbourne International Jazz Festival. It was such a fun night. The theatre was packed. It was absolutely glorious. How did you feel when you left the stage after that show? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty pretty amazing. Were you walking on air? Yeah. Yeah. Floated off the stage. (laughs) I think that might be what it was because it was such a fantastic gig. It was... So energetic. I suppose there's a sense of, um, of history for you as well up on the stage. Yeah, absolutely. There is undoubtedly this incredible sense of connection and history that when we first came back and rehearsed together, it was just about instantaneous um, to come back together and play. It first felt right. And I think that that concert, amazingly, but also in some ways maybe not surprisingly, really captured the energy that the group has always had. And that's a part of what I think audiences 
have always responded to. That energy. From what I hear from so many musicians I speak to, you get so much energy from the audience. But on that night, I think it was us in the audience (laughs) that picked up the energy from you because there was just so much energy on stage. The enthusiasm, you could see it in your faces. The smiles you had on your faces as you were looking around at each other, enjoying this opportunity to be on stage, it was one of those things that you don't see very often. I think that's always been a part of Morgana, and I think that's one of the things that all audience members come away from our gig with, and I think it's a connection certainly between us. Exciting to have Mina you on board on piano on this gig, and that brings another dimension to the band. I think just the experience of that band particularly is to actually watch the music unfold because of the interaction and the connection between the band members. Coincidentally, I actually did a gig with Annette last night uh-huh. and it was just its just magic when you have that kind of relationship. And, you know, here 30 years down the track, I didn't even think about counting all the time once on that gig and it was so in sync and I think that when you share those kind of relationships between, certainly between the four of us, it's something that an audience member can, it's palpable. You can see it and the way that it unfolds. And, and I think a lot of music is predetermined. When you go to a show, it's not any different from the previous night-ish. You know you know what you're going to get, but that's really one of the most amazing things. Most audience members come away actually having seen it really palpably in action. They can follow kind of the train of that connection between all of us, and that's an incredibly powerful unique experience for an audience member to actually participate in that. And it's a great feeling as you stand up at the end of the show and you think, I really don't want them to finish. Keep going, (laughs) keep going. Sonia, you mentioned a gig coming up at the Melbourne Recital Centre in the Primrose Potter Salon. What a beautiful room that'll be for Morgana to perform in. What are we going to hear? So we'll hear a 60-minute set, so a little bit shorter than what you heard at the Melbourne International Jazz Festival. It's very hard to make those final selections, believe me. We've got the four original members, four of the original members, plus Mina Yu joining us, which we're really excited about. I guess you'll hear the hits, the Morgana hits. <laughs> well, that's good to hear because I think there's a new tune in there too. There is a new tune too, in so, there, yeah. There's a, um, a new Lisa Young yeah. creation in there. Oh, yeah, marvellous. That's going to be a wonderful night's entertainment. I don't think we even got all the hits in the last show, so, you know. <laughs> we'll have to do a double, you know, double... Bill hits yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good way to go. Is there a change in the music that uh, you're composing these days to what you did 30 years ago? I know for me, I I started writing songs in Morgana and that's continued for my project, Kennedy Snow. I guess Morgana was the springboard for me to really explore that and extend that. So in, in that respect, I'm still writing writing songs yeah, looking forward to, you know, what avenue that kind of goes down for Morgana as opposed to Kennedy. But, yeah, yeah, I think we've all grown, you know, it's a, it's a long time and there's so many musical experiences for all of us. You know, Annette's got, had a million things. Fiona's had, you know, all of her projects with David Jones and Every and Bach projects and you name it. Um, Lisa's had the Coco's Lunch thing and her own quartet. So we're all just bigger musically speaking, have a broader context from which to draw from. Great development opportunity 30 years ago in Morgana. Yeah, absolutely.
For more information about Morgana's continuing celebration of their music, both their back catalogue and a new piece as well, check out the Melbourne Recital Centre, melbournerecital.com. That's July the 15th. As you leave us, Fiona and Sonia, we're going to have a listen to a piece called Secret Mambo. I believe there's a bit of a story about that, Sonia. It's a story for me. I actually had to learn this pattern because my Latin playing in those days wasn't very great. I had to get the low down. Um, Susie got the low down from uh, Alex Patu on this pattern for me. This is a Sue Johnson was the original pianist in Morgana and, you know, like just the fifth member of, you know, five heartbeats kind of thing. So it's it's always a joy to hear this, this piece. It always takes me back to playing with Sue. I think Sue, Annette and I were interconnected too many stories that I can't share on air. <laughs> um, <laughs> Quick, turn the microphone. Tour off. <laughs> stories that I can't share, but yeah, it's just this is a, a great, great piece. Fiona, Sonia, thank you so much for dropping here into the Bent Note Studio tonight. It's been great to hear from you about the the challenges of the diversity in the jazz market here in in Melbourne, particularly, which is the the market you're working in most of the time, and putting it all back together again for this gig coming up on July the 15th. It has been lovely to speak with you yet again. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. My guests on Bent Notes have been the leader and soprano saxophonist Fiona Burnett and drummer Sonia Horbelt from Morgana. You're listening to Joy 94.9. been listening to a podcast from bent notes join us live each sunday night on joy 94.9 thanks for listening to another joy podcast brought to you by australia's lgbtqia plus community media organization joy help keep joy on air head to joy.org.au joy a diverse sound for a diverse community